Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a monumentous Spider-Man roundtable occasion. Raph and myself are joined today by two men. <laughs> well, you, maybe one, two men, three cats, and no bananas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Walk like, to a bar. Please introduce yourselves, who we are joined by today. Three cats, you go first. Please call me TC. Three cats is my father. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is dumb. Hey, hey. How's it going? We have Sean. Yes. And we have Sean. That's right. But to distinguish who's who, we have Sean Ryan and we have Sean Ryan. That's right. So that make that clears everything yes, up. Yes, absolutely. Actually- should, we, should we go by banana and three cats today? Yeah. Or well I thought it was no bananas. Yeah, but I think the shorthand the, the the banana is what people latch on to. Okay. So in spite of your drive for no banana suits, your nickname you, is you banana. You have become the Basically. banana. You've become the thing banana, banana man. Destroy. Affirmative banana. <laughs> We're in the banana universe now. The BCU. All right. We'll oh go with we'll go, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with banana and three cats. That's great. That works. Uh, yes, you, uh, banana, you, <laughs> you're, you have, you're a Twitchman. Huh? <laughs> you're a man of Twitch. You're a Twitch. There you go. Yes. Twitch. Uh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, on Twitch, I have no banana suits. You can find me there. No banana suits. Twitter.com slash no banana suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We show. plug at the end. Okay. We don't want okay, people. We plug at the end. We plug at the end. Uh, uh, and leaving. So yeah. Happy, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Three cats, where do you hail from? <laughs> I, I have nothing to plug. You can't find me. You'll never find me. <laughs> Amazing. Raph, well, what are we doing here today? We are here to talk about what everyone this week on the interwebs is talking about. The only movie that matters. Um, the only thing that could bring friends together. Joy to the world. Families to the theaters, joy to the world. Right, in spite of a new variant yeah, of COVID. Yeah, the only thing that could spawn a new variant of COVID. <laughs> the multiverse. Spider-Man. <laughs> Far from no way out. Please, someone, God, I gotta go home. Please let me out. The Marvel Please COVID universe. <laughs> <laughs> the new one, right? Yeah. Yes, the new the new, the new, new CU. Do, I actually have a question. Do you, do you think they'll introduce COVID in the Marvel universe ever? No, I don't think so. At this point, like that's such a bummer. They don't <laughs> like what are they? What are they gonna do? <laughs> Be like, hey, you remember that COVID thing? Crazy. Back to superheroes. <laughs> Tom Holland is gonna ask Doctor Strange to make everyone forget that COVID exists because he's a Republican. <laughs> no, Tom Holland. <laughs> All right, that's a good place to start. Tom, Tom Holland, hot or not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, more so in this movie than ever. Oh no, 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 no! I give him probably because he's past twenty-one now. No, full seal of approval. <laughs> How old is Tom Holland? Is he actually? I'm actually I'm looking it up. I got a little man I thought he was in the like situation. He's twenty-five. Forty. <laughs> he's one of those guys. All those, all those Hollywood guys. They're, like, they're all like eighty. <laughs> How old is he? Tom Holland's eighty. Twenty-five. He's twenty-five or eighty. Five. Yeah, that still feels kind of young. I'm five years older than that clown, and I've accomplished a tenth of what he has. When was Civil War? 
was he like legitimately like seven, like eighteen when that came out? Uh, no, it wasn't that long ago. Let's not talk about Civil War. Let's talk about. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about when, how old he was when we first like. You yeah, know. that's fair. That's fair. I think he was like nineteen. Yeah, I think he was like nineteen. That's insane. When did he cross the border into being a hot dude? Because he, he <laughs> I don't think he was in Civil War, but he he turned a corner at a certain. No. I don't he think did. he's a hot dude. I think he's a mashi an emaciated little child king. Oh, no. You, I know you are a man of his little taste. No, 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 no. This little- I think this is the first time I've been like certified hot dude. No, I, I think I think Tom Holland's rise to uh being hot dude status is very much tied to what was the lip sync battle thing he did. Dude, dude, oh, yeah. oh my god, the umbrella thing? That was awful. Dude, no, dude looks good. Yeah, dude looks great. good. Let me tell you. What? He had balloons for tetas? I don't think so. <laughs> I think that was just I, I made that I up. think that was a different video you watched. We're never gonna get to this movie. No, so. yeah. Take control, one of you. This is your show. <laughs> No, no, there's there's no there's no need to take control. We we like to yeah, operate no. in a sort of lawless lawless land. Um, I, so I got uh, the they had like Green Goblin specific uh, meals at the Alamo hey, where we saw right. it. Yeah. Oh, they had the, the the themed menu. Yeah, the theme mm-hmm. menu. So what I ordered was the Green Goblin pizza, and <laughs> an intern Dan he got the Green Goblin loaded fries. So what we were going to do was we were going to split the pizza and the fries and, you know, enjoy a little bit of both. But what happened was they brought both of us the loaded fries. I feel like the Alamo Draft House is the most awkward place to, to return a meal. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No, dude, at that I, point, you just, you especially, just got loaded fries. You're not sending Especially in a movie like that where people are just like hinging on every second to wait for the next clap. Look, I'm, they don't want to hear you talking about your loaded fries and your and your pizza. They want they want to see. I am someone. They want to see. If I am in a steakhouse and I order a steak and they come out and they just put a piece of pizza in front of me, I will go like, "Oh, thank you so much," and I'll just eat. I'm not going to send anything back ever. Thirty <laughs> like, dollars slice yeah. of pizza. Yeah, no, no problem. No problem. I, I don't even think about sending it back. For the yeah, please move your mute you, yourself before you. You're seeing a Spider-Man movie. The waiter brings you around. You're like, excuse me, I ordered the Green Goblin pizza. <laughs> I would, like, I have to take out the the order card and go under the light and try to write down, excuse me, I'm sorry to inter- like to interrupt you, but actually I ordered the Green Goblin pizza, not the Green Goblin loaded fries. Can you take these back and bring back my pizza? Oh, on that little card. And in the way while I'm trying to watch the movie, I have no idea what's going on. Can you... Sit the fuck down. This kid's trying um, to get yeah, it in college. But <laughs> the fries were good. What was That's on good. What made them Green Goblin? Uh, so it was like chicken that was that They're was so good they drive you crazy. Shut the. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they were, they were cooked in like a like a green chili. Like the chicken oh. was cooked in like a green chili. There sauce. was chicken on these fries. Yeah, yeah. These were like hella loaded. Was it fries. was it like were there pumpkins in it for his pumpkin bombs or? No, but there was part of the special menu was a pumpkin spice bomb milkshake uh, that I think was boozy. It just explodes when you yeah. It just <laughs> only when you take a sip, it explodes right. in your in your tum tum. 
Um, hmm. It was delicious, but I feel like milkshake and loaded fries wasn't a good combo. Yeah. Good yeah. yeah. You don't want to doo-doo during uh, speech. That's a real bomb. Speak for yourself, yeah. sister. Pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. dirty bomb milkshake. So this is what? SJR, excuse me, Banana Man. This, uh, <laughs> this, this, the Spider-Man No Way Away From Home marks mm. Marvel's 27th film, 28th film. Wow, really? Wait, I don't know, actually. No, was I it actually? I thought you would know. I feel like... I, if anybody would know, <laughs> Banana yeah. would know. I'm not counting the television, to whatever, the Disney Plus th- things. You guys are here to... <laughs> you guys are here because you guys actually care about marvel and like marvel ip and 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 read comics and appreciate the characters and stuff whereas the two of us if we were to just record this episode on our own it would just be two guys who claim that they know a lot about movies complaining about why the mcu isn't cinema so like we we need you guys to bring in that that marvel fandom i i appreciate the compliment i would i would argue that Bananas reads and appreciates comic book stories and arcs. I'm just an idiot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen I'm, off. In I'm the just sort of a long yeah, ride. So, <laughs> but you, I feel like you still appreciate Marvel more than the average person. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, agree with that. The truth is, you say, Mister Banana, you say you've fallen off, but the truth is. You you know all about Secret Wars, which is what they're planning. Oh, supposedly, that would be exciting. But maybe we can go into that in the end. Okay, that'll be the end game. <laughs> oh, shit. That was nice. That was nice. Cut the stream. <laughs> so okay, whatever. It's the twenty. Let's see what. End I think game? it might be the twenty seventh. I think it might be the twenty seventh. Game is what the twenty third. Sure, probably yeah. Okay, and then Spider Man let take me to Europe was the twenty fourth. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Euro trip, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bratislava Spider-Man. Eternally, Eternally, Eternals was number twenty-five. Have you seen that one yet? No. <laughs> cool. Black Widows was twenty-six. Shang-Chi was twenty-eight. Okay, so this was twenty-nine. Wow, that's insane. Spider-Man going on thirty is the <laughs> that's too many movies. <laughs> <laughs> going on so yes so spider-man no way home is the 29th film in the mcu's verse and it's 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 monumental for a number of reasons it's done something that the mcu's never done before it's resurrected toby Maguire's career <laughs> gotten around maybe we'll see and <laughs> studio rights um so i want to talk with something I'd, i want to question before going into this Spoiler wise, what did we all know going into this movie? Let's start with Banana. What did I like know for certain? For certain. What did you know for <clears throat> what did you assume? What were you surprised about? I mean, didn't know for certain, but like basically knew for certain that we were gonna see Toby and Andrew. Okay. I was like, I mean, I think all the promotional material also like, you know, we all saw the villains. Um um, I don't, I'm trying to think of what the, I think the biggest surprise for me was actually May's death. I did not think May would would die. Spoilers, by um, the way. Spo- <laughs> I think it's, 
We'll we'll uh, put a disclaimer. Everybody on, on, on the episode. Everybody on Earth has seen this movie yeah. this weekend, yeah. except for those who haven't. That's true. There's a few people on Earth who might not have, but yeah. um, I definitively know of people who have not seen this movie. <laughs> That's all I have. May, May's death. I I was actually genuinely surprised. I mean, I, I guess it. Maybe I just didn't think about it that enough because it might have been. It might have seemed kind of obvious to a lot of people that it, it's it's about the time. But it 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 I don't know. It surprised me. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I was like genuinely surprised by. I mean, maybe like some little moments here and there, but like general, like larger things. I think that was probably it. Did you, I, I, did you clap in the theater when Andrew Garfield walked through? Him? I didn't clap at all. Okay, that's good. But to I, know. It makes me very. Happy. I basically knew every single person who would show up or be in this movie because that's the way the internet is nowadays. And, and right. you know, like we knew the Spider-Mans were going to be in it. We knew the Sinister Six and that already takes away. Like you already know most right. of the direction of the plot. Uh, so in that respect, nothing really like caught me off guard. I had a good feeling uh, Charlie Cox would be in it as Daredevil. I wish they gave him a little more to do other than catch a brick and be mysterious for a second, even though everybody was just like, is this going anywhere? Nope. Okay. Go on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I actually missed, I missed the first five minutes or the first like 10 minutes. Lame. I went to the wrong theater. Lame. Were you texting? So I, no, I went to the wrong theater. What were you watching? Did you, did you miss King Richard? <laughs> Who? Wait a minute. Will Smith is in Spider-Man. <laughs> Where's his webs? <laughs> Just talking about tennis. No, no, I went to the wrong location. The so wrong, even... wrong movie theater? Yeah, I went to the wrong theater. Wrong. Wait, you went yeah. to the wrong like building or the wrong theater? Yeah, I went to the wrong like like AMC location. Like you went to Regal instead of AMC? <laughs> I went to a different AMC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you I missed just... Daredevil? I missed Daredevil. Yeah, I've seen it since online, but I, I've missed the first like few minutes. So I actually, I, I, my friend was texting me after. He's like, "Oh yeah, Daredevil thing or whatever." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like I, I did not know for hours, like twelve hours after the movie, that he's even in it. He's only in it for a minute, twenty nine <laughs> seconds. His, yeah. his whole purpose for being in the movie, it was like, "Look what we're doing <laughs> in the mm. in the Daredevil TV show." <laughs> I'm gonna be getting happy off, huh? 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 I mean, yeah, he is. That's yeah, that's the plot. He's like Mr. Happy, oh. Mr. Favreau. You, uh, you're in a lot of legal trouble, uh, and you need you need the devil of Hell's Kitchen to to wash your to bag. get you off <laughs> to get you off. <laughs> so that'll be Disney Plus. Can't wait. That's going to be a good one for the kids. Uh, He's going to show everybody what a blind man can really do. <laughs> I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> He's got superpowers. Uh, so, okay. So banana, so, banana was surprised by Marissa Tomei getting yeeted into bricks. Um, Dude. Three, three Cats wasn't surprised. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was legitimately surprised. I was like, oh, they're actually going to do this, huh? Because, yeah. Uh, oh. Okay, yeah. so you had an idea, but then it finally happened, and you were like, wow, they did it. Well, you know, that was the stakes. I was waiting for them to retcon it in the same movie. I'm sure they will somehow find a way to retcon it and, like, bring her back for stuff, because, you know, it's comic books. And in the source material, like, people die and come back all the time. It's it's a very 
frequent occurrence, but I was surprised they killed her and just let her be dead in this movie. Um, but uh, I, I was actually pretty happy about it because I thought she was going to just get crushed by the glider and then just stand up and walk out. I was like, what? We're not going to address the fact that yeah. he hit her at but like she- 90 miles an hour with a metal yeah. sled in the back. But Gladys said yeet. Yeah. Dude, I love Marissa Tomei. She's fantastic. Who doesn't? Man? That's all. I, I also was th- I was surprised by the end. I did not think they would actually do what they did, essentially reboot the character. I thought that would also be resolved in the same movie for sure. I thought like they would want to keep him like kind of deeply rooted in the MCU as he is now, where he's super connected to everybody. I really think it seems like they're going to move forward with more of like these Spider-Man like isolated stories for a little bit. And um, I was, so I was really surprised by that move. I, I think that's, that's uh, exciting. Yeah. I, please go. No, go, go ahead, please. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. And I think it's a good move in terms of Spider-Man's character because it the whole like, Spider-Man's now Iron Man thing. It was like, yeah, it was, it's not Spider-Man. It was going to be a lot. And it was like, okay, (laughs) he's just Tony Stark now, but you know, they leave him in the shitty New York apartment. And that's like sort of what the character is and what drives like so much of like the action is him isolated and on his own and doing his own thing. So that was good. I do have an enormous gripe that they didn't bring back, uh, Mr. Dickovich, Mr. D- I was waiting. If he came around the corner <laughs> into that apartment at the end, I was like, "Where the fuck? Where was the chocolate cake?" Mr. Dickovich was there. I would have lost it in the theater. Yeah, I was waiting for the dude who plays plays Ashy Larry to reprise his role as the guy who yells out, "Hey, that guy stole that guy stole Spider Man's pizza. Or Spider Man <laughs> stole that guy's pizza." I've. Uh, I, there, there's a lot of things I liked about this movie. I've got very specific and bizarre gripes. Okay. Uh, I want to I hear those. Raph, were you surprised? Oh. What did you know going in and were what, you surprised by anything? Well, you told me a lot because yeah. as – you're fun to see movies with. On, on previous episodes, um, you like to browse around um, the spoiler section of the internet. Mm-hmm. So you knew a lot of what was going to happen in the movie. I knew the whole plot. You, knew, you, you, you read the script. I did. I did. Yeah. It's true. Um, which is weird because you weren't in it. Usually <laughs> – cut that. <laughs> no, that's staying in. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Keep, keep that in rock slime. Um, but no, so so I, w- I was curious. So I, I did reach out to you to, to tell me what was going to happen. Yes. So you told me – but it was it was the worst kept secret, which is the the big issue and like largest gripe that I think most people have with this movie, is that we knew that the that the other Spider Mans were coming back, so the whole idea and like the whole marketing campaign of building up the hype of Marvel not telling us that they were in, but also like wink wink telling us that they were going to be in the movie and getting us to go sit in a theater opening weekend so that we could then talk about how. Toby and Andrew were in the movie and instead of my biggest issue was instead of focusing on how to utilize them in the movie, it felt like so much of the effort was put into how to reveal that they were in the movie and how to hide before the movie came out that they were in the movie. Um, So I wasn't really surprised by that. I think we're kind of all in the same boat 
of like May's death being a bit of a surprise. Um, but I thought it was a cool like plot point. I thought it was important for this particular iteration of Spider-Man to, to see this iteration of, of May die in the way that she, that she does die. Um, but beyond that, like we knew Cox was going to be in it. We knew the other spider guys were going to be in it. We knew Jamie Foxx was going to be in it. It's true. Um, um, <laughs> yes, I, okay. Yes. I knew everything that was going to happen. That said, I was surprised. I was surprised how evil they made Defoe, uh, particularly in the apartment complex uh, he he did his own variants of the Heath Ledger Joker laugh when he's being beaten, uh, mm. which I thought was was great. Uh, he suplexed Tom Holland through a floor, <laughs> which I liked a lot. <laughs> he also has no system of propulsion. Like, why did they go through three floors? <laughs> are they uh, yeah? Are they really heavy? <laughs> no, that was just uh, that was just like John Watts was like, oh, I know that people really enjoy the Sam Raimi ones, and he rewatched the Sam <clears> Raimi <throat> Spider Man. And he saw that Raimi does this thing a lot where he like shoots and yeets people through through walls and stuff. So he was like, oh, what if I just incorporate like that little aspect without being an actual director filmmaker in, into my movie? And people will somehow think that that passes as, you know, <laughs> making a Raimi like film. Uh, Indeed. No, Defoe was great. And I think the thing with Defoe is he gets to play two characters. So he by default has the most to work with out of any of the actors in the movie. He can really like, you know, go to different places with being the Goblin and being Norman Osborn. And I think the script was written to very much allow him to have the biggest arc of any of the like they didn't give Jamie Foxx and even Alfred Molina as much to do as they gave Defoe. And I think that was by design because Defoe is Defoe. He's, you know, he's the goat. I even, I even wish they had given to, here's the thing. Yeah. Get, I wish they gave him more. Get rid of Sandman and get rid of the lizard. That was bizarre that, why didn't Thomas Hayden Church have his face in the movie until the end? Like, did he have a scheduling conflict? And it was like old footage. It was like old footage. Spider-Man 3. Wait, what? When it's Thomas Hayden Church, that's him from Spider-Man 3. That is a clip from Spider-Man 3. It's wow. when he turns Sandman in the pit, but they just played it in reverse. No I, Yeah, because I was going to say, I was like, why... A Kevin Feige production. <laughs> I the whole time I was so distracted. Like, what is going on? Why isn't like they made a point to have Jamie Foxx be like, "I've got my body back," and then I was just like, "We're not going to talk about the fact that he's just a block of CGI over there." I I, I agree with, with everything Sean said. I agree. I, th- I think what you were saying, Rock. Like, it honestly sucks that Defoe just disappears in the middle. Yeah, it's like. What was he doing? Where did he go? He was he was working on his new rag outfit. Like, what was he doing? Which was dope. He went, he went to Home Depot. It was dope. It was dope. But but he was so good. Why did they cut him out of the whole middle of the movie? It's the, the I last think too good. Mm. I think he was a little too good for what this movie oh, is. I like this. I, I don't know if if there was more that he did, or if like halfway through he realized. Like is it, I am operating on a completely different wavelength than John Watts. Like spin time, Defoe is hogging the spotlight and should have toned it down a little bit. I I think you should have toned it down. I think he was a little too good for this movie. He he honestly brought like insane lighthouse vibes. Oh but yeah, 
like just sure as the goblin in this movie than he was in spider-man one yeah no. yeah i think he was as the goblin not as norman osborne as the goblin. Well, he's had he's had a lot of time oh, to see how much everybody loved him being the goblin and had it basically this is the opportunity that everybody would love to have with their role of a lifetime they're like hey want to come back and reprise this role and you can do whatever you want with it. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to hand this thing up and make it ridiculous and like over the top. And it's awesome. It's exactly what people wanted to see, but it was so awesome that it almost was like too awesome for everybody else to keep up with. Yeah. You don't think, you don't think he was better. I don't think he was better, but I do think that he was a lot better than everyone else. And I, I totally agree with the three, three cats that no one else could keep up with him. Uh, so it was like at times kind of jarring how good he was. I I think. Do you think Molina was like? Do you think Molina was like shook? <laughs> like on on this onset, it's like oh my god, I, I, I gotta get out of here. I think Molina actually was just in this for the paycheck. Well, well you, th- you think Molina f- phoned phoned it in a little bit? Not phoned it in, but it's also weird. It it's weird for Molina to. Uh, Christiana and I were just discussing this, like in the Raimi Spider Man, his. Uh, the Doc Ock metal arms were puppets, and in this they're exclusively yeah. CGI. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of discussion from him about like it's weird having to learn to play the character without something like physically on you to understand like the dimensions and what's going they on are, around yeah. you. Uh, it, CGI I, acting I, yeah. is its own weird thing that's going on now. But I wish they did a hybrid. I don't know why they didn't do a hybrid. Like. We don't CGI is great, but it doesn't. I don't know. I wish they did a hybrid on those on the arms. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep harking on this, but it's because John Watts doesn't know how to direct. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't understand what like tangible practical effects and puppetry, like how it can enhance a movie. So he's okay just relying on on CGI and, and, and Flash and stuff like that. I was... Uh, I'll, I'll, a few things that did surprise... I yeah, was, like John Watts? I was surprised at how bad... There were, there were certain moments of CGI, particularly fire in this movie, that I thought was tremendously <laughs> bad. Uh, like the Doc Marvel's o- getting weirdly lazy with their CGI. The, the Doc Ock reveal when he comes up on the bridge, he like hits a car and it explodes. And I was like, that looks like a student film. Like this movie has <laughs> way too big of a budget to have fire. The final cut there. pro explosion. <laughs> yeah, effect. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but- also, I thought, I thought that, uh, not, 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 not Thomas Hayden, and not lizard also looked terrible. Jamie Foxx? No. Lizard lizard looked a little bad. Yeah. Sandman I thought was well, okay. Well, lizards always looked bad. They they just took yeah. the bad thing from the Amazing Spider-Man movies where he, he was already bad CGI and just brought that bad CGI to this movie. And yeah. He yeah. looked like 2012 CGI. They probably should have done an update. No. It literally was. It literally was a copy. But I knew we were in trouble regarding those two villains when it was clearly not Thomas Hayden Church talking, and it was just a CGI sand person walking around. I was like, "Ooh, oh boy, <laughs> you really think you're saving?" Here we go, Hayden Church. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. there's no point in having those two characters if you're like they were setting it up to be a Sinister Six, but there was no sixth person. Well, so. he was getting drunk in Mexico. <sighs> And for some I'm reason, honestly, so glad he didn't he didn't come in. And for some reason, when he disappeared, part of the symbiote 
didn't disappear. Is it, yeah, because it's uh, you know yeah. it's a franchise. So is that so for grace. does that imply? I'm jumping all the way ahead to the post credit scene here. Yeah, does yeah, that fine. imply that they're going to bring Venom into the MCU, but it's not going to be Tom Hardy? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I Tom even, Holland. I haven't even seen the Venom movies, but I feel kind of bad for Tom Hardy. <laughs> Here's what happened. Here we're gonna we're about to call this right now. Just Garfield, how- Garfield and Hardy are gonna go head to head. Ooh, on screen. <laughs> so just like we called, moving on, just like we called um, years in advance, the natural web joke, and then Tom. Oh, my God. About it did. His wiener or his ass. Take it how you will. Um, <laughs> Dude is literally shooting webs everywhere. Peter Parker, he's going to go to Empire State University. He's going to go on spring break to Mexico. And boom, surprise, the black goo is going to grab on him and he's going to take the black goo back to New York. Mm-mm. And that, that's there you go. There's no way. more there's no more spring break. We're getting we're getting like friendly neighborhood New York Spider-Man for a while. Well, then how does the goo get to New York? What is it by a first class? Eddie Brock in this universe, played by uh, Timothy Chalamet, is going to go go down to Mexico on vacation, come back, and I guess work for J. John Jameson. That's the other thing. Just a moment of appreciation for J.K. Simmons, because... Even when he's like ninety years old, that guy should still be just playing that same character. <laughs> like, I think the world just accepts that it's like uh, that's him. He, he, he's got I hope it. he leaves us like dozens of hours of Daily Bugle, like like with, like just him on set doing reports, just like dozens and dozens of hours after he dies. They made, they made Jameson a real scumbag in this one. Yeah, they did. It, but is this Jameson? It has to be different from his other Jameson. Right. right? This is very yeah. much. This is very much um, Alex Jones, J. Jonah Jameson. Not. Uh, I'm gonna lie to protect Peter Parker when the goblins got me by my neck, J. Jonah Jameson. Because that was one of the most interesting parts of the original Raimi. Yes. Yeah. Is he's actually not like the worst. But he's not. That's true. He's trying to sell papers. I would have. I would have liked to have seen uh, that J. Jonah Jameson get sucked into the multiverse and interact with this J. Jonah just to get some J.K. on J.K. action. They'll, they'll yeah. sneak that in at some point. That, that would, would be, be a funny gang on screen. Yeah, J.K. on J.K. Yeah, head to head. A Simmons. Well, that's what they're <laughs> doing. That's what they're doing with Benedict Cumberbatch. So, oh God, on heaven. Oh yeah. Are we going to skip forward to that post credits? That, been, po- that post-credit trailer that may have been the most egregious thing that i've that i've ever They've seen. done that before i think it happened long time ago uh winter so- ant-man's post-credit for winter soldier or civil wars it was i was so appalled i i couldn't help myself and i blurted out in the theater this is just a trailer <laughs> <laughs> i actually i i mean i i whatever it I think some, uh, a, a regular post credit scene is also just a trailer. Yeah, but here, this is—I I was thinking about this in the shower today because uh, that's I, what you think about. That's when what I, that's what I think about when I'm when I'm uh, washing myself. <laughs> um, the other post credit scenes, which are also trailers, are they're at least like they're marketing devices that are kind of like framed and given to us as a piece of narrative that like somewhat makes sense within the larger structure of the story that they're trying to tell. This was literally just 
here are clips from the movie as if you're watching a trailer from what you see before a movie. Like, I think there was even a soundtrack to it. There was like a heavy. <laughs> it, was, it sounded like Rage Against the Machine making a song I'm, for the Matrix. I'm <laughs> totally, I'm totally happy to blame that on Sony's influence because there's a lot of things in this yeah. movie that do seem more Sony than Marvel. And I, I think that was very behind the scenes. There is a lot of back and forth between Marvel studios and Sony. Like Sony was adamant about like certain things like bringing in uh, like Venom and all that, like in order to <coughs> allow them to have the rights to make this movie. Um, so I, I'm curious how much influence they had over certain things like that, where it was like, cause Sony does not know how to market movies or make movies yeah. really. But uh, <laughs> they, they, their idea of a trailer is to just show you the entire movie. <laughs> and like well, that post credit scene very much felt like a Sony trailer. And it was like, yeah, yeah, it did. And I, now that you're saying that it actually makes me think like how much Sony are we going to get in multiverse of madness? You know, like maybe they have a stake in that and they were like, part of this deal is you're fucking showing a trailer (laughs) for Multiverse of Madness. Because, I mean, I think it's already rumored that we see we're seeing Toby again in that movie Um, or Andrew there. So, I mean, like, I I think it's starting to be rumored that, like, we might see a lot of cameos in that. Like, it might be this times 100 of the Um, of the Spider-Men in this movie. Uh, whose performance did you like the best? Warfield's. Before I answer that, I, I want to pose a question. As for mostly for you, as sure. a as a Marvel leader, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> is Sony getting more and more involved? Maybe the best thing that can happen to us as audience members, in that they're going to bring down Marvel to their <laughs> level and make <laughs> their movies so shit that we. Don't continue to deal with well, with Kevin Feige okay. and his nonsense for the next 25 years. Kevin Feige production. <laughs> Let me attempt to shed my apathy and indifference for this clusterfuck that we've now found ourselves in uh, regarding what they're doing. So here's the here's the fucking thing, okay? So we have now these, these multi-universes of movies that are now being retconned to be part of this greater universe. Movies that were made 21 years ago are yeah. now a part of the MCU. That's the power that Overlord Fagey has yeah. on the film industry right now. It's pretty incredible. And ultimately, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. Fucking Wesley Snipes can pop up in Multiverse of Madness for all we know. He probably he will. But but, um, the thing that I think is going to happen is that I think we're going to have a Spider-Man in the Sony movies, and I think we're going to have a Spider-Man in the Marvel movies, and I think there will be crossover now. Uh, I think that that is partially the reason why Tom Holland's ends the way he does, is they can do anything with it now. I think Sony is trying to figure out, hmm, which Spider-Man can we make the most money off of? Who's going to be our Spider-Man? Uh, and so I think, I don't think Toby wants to, no. I think Toby's a cameo man. I think that goes on. back to, to three cats's question of who was the best Spider-Man performance. And mm-hmm. I think you already gave your answer. Yes. It's, it's Garfield, the cat. He was exceptional in this film. I am shocked to agree with you because I saw, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a because I disrespect everything you say, but B, 
B, because uh, I watched The Amazing Spider-Man 1. I've watched clips on YouTube of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I had no interest in seeing it. But uh, I never really got into Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker or Spider-Man. I was like, eh, I don't know. I I was a Toby man the whole time. And in this movie, I think he was shockingly good. Uh, and he was great. I, I think he was worlds better than he was in his own movie. I think he really Absolutely. nailed it in this. I think he, uh, he was awesome. I, he was the one I was like, oh, I'd love to see him do some more stuff as Spider-Man because. Yeah. Might, have, might have been because he had a good director in this one. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the amazing Spider-Man's movies, so I don't know like how bad they are. They're weird. I mean, I gotta tell uh, you something, man. It's hard to watch. <laughs> it's like all CGI, like the whole it, it's, thing. It's, it's just all CGI. It's so weird. It's like I'm like it, it's like if you <laughs> use The Hobbit as a comparison. Like Raimi's Spider-Man is Lord of the Rings, and this was The Hobbit. Okay. I haven't seen the Hobbit movies either. Um, I refuse to see those. Yeah, I, I think we're oh, – one I'll say is I I actually think my favorite was Tom in this one. But obviously like he's – he had the most – he had the most screen time. So like I mean like him, him – his acting when he was like fighting Goblin in both scenes when May died. Um, like when he was like, you know – choosing to make all these big decisions that were like affecting the future of the franchise. Like, um, <laughs> uh, that I, I thought he was fantastic in all those. And I, I, I think if Garfield had like equal screen time, then I'd probably would have, would say Garfield. But, um, like I really loved Garfield in this. I thought he was fantastic. Um, he was, I think, and I don't think that's necessarily a slight at Toby. I don't think they gave Toby the material to work with. Uh, I I think in a way I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this but I feel like Toby felt a little disrespected by this movie I, I don't think he ever truly wanted to to make or to be a part of the like Marvel Universe and the Marvel Spider-Man story I think part of that is because like he had such a good thing with Raimi like when you can tell in those movies that there's an actual director with an actual vision for what the story is going to be. I think he's probably seen these spider Spider-Man movies, these Tom Holland ones, these Marvel ones. And he, he recognizes that there, there's not like a whole lot of meat or, or heart to it. So like, why would he waste his time giving a, a worthwhile performance if what he's going to end up being in is just crap. So like, I think he kind of knew that and just showed up and was like, I'm here because I kind of have to be here. So I'm just going to be dog shit. I also kind of think he's a strange guy in real life. I've read some strange stories about illegal poker rings. He ran <laughs> just being like a psychopath, but I like the one in Ocean's 11. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that was a real thing. Like Toby Maguire was like running a poker shark ring and was like jumping on tables, screaming, I own you at other celebrities, which was, it was a weird kind of point, weird, weird period in history. But uh, regardless, I think they're they didn't write his character like they they did the one throwaway line with Doc Ock where he's like, you're all grown up. And they didn't really do much with that, where like, I think you could have played into the fact that he is so much older now and used him the way like 
Into the Spider-Verse did a very cool thing where they showed him as like, here's him older and here's the mistakes he's made and here's him learning from a younger version. And that had a bit more weight to it, where in this it was just like they brought him in as a little bit of a gag and didn't use his age and his experience uh, like to further yeah. the plot or his character at all. The, the broken down version of Peter. The, that- the older. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. The but older Gar- version of Peter in, in Spider-Verse was a better bring back of Toby than this was. So okay. So let's let me I'm gonna let me piss some people off right now. So <laughs> so here's here's I think the fundamental issue with this movie. We have characters from a Raimi trilogy, we have characters from a Mark Webb. Was that his name? Mark Webb. Who directed the Amazings? Mark West. There's I think no way that somebody named West. I swear to God, I think his name, okay. that's the only reason he got the job Mark to Webb. direct. I, I do. I think the Amazing Spider-Man's name was Mark Webb, the director. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, here's the fucking thing: these are not the same characters we love. They're not. They're played by the same actors. They're not. These are not. What's happening in this movie is not canon to those stories. They might as well be different characters. It in terms of like the vast multiverse and actually wrapping your head around like what this means. The original Raimi movies are canon. Goblin all of a sudden snapping back to right before the glider hits him. And he's like, Peter, actually I'm cured now. Like, what the fuck is that? A doc Ock being like the, now he doesn't have to drown the, the sun thing is like, it, it, it makes no sense to me. Well, yeah, it, it totally, um, it like invalidates the, all the work that was put into, to those, to those stories and to those characters. Like, the Doc Ock thing is what pisses me off the most because he has a beautiful character arc. Yes, he's a redemption. He has a redemption story in Spider-Man 2. And all of that is just thrown out the window because we want to bring him back here. And he's still mad at Peter because he can have the power of the sun in the palm of his hand. Well, remember that line? It, uh, his redemption was better in this than in 2. My dickhole! Oh, he, he doesn't have redemption in 2. He has a one brief moment of clarity. He has one brief moment of clarity. You have to be kidding me. State your case. I just, he had one brief moment of clarity in, in two. What's his redemption story in, in this one? I he actually, literally fixed the goddamn chip in his neck and then he saves the Spider-Man. That's not a redemption story. Okay. He saves the city in two by sacrificing himself. Actually, I I, what I'm saying is like, if he like lived longer, he would still be evil. He had no control over his own brain. What? In two? Yes, he does. The chip gets... Nope. From- well, he says, listen to me now. He, he talks to the thing. Himself. He it's- had one moment. He was... The, if, if Then if he was able to do that, he would have been... He would have had the clarity in this movie. No, because it's before that. And he didn't get to see... Actually, wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> now I'm getting can't confused. can't long-term control I, no, no, those no, no, things. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. In Spider-Man 2, which I haven't seen in a while. I know exactly what you're about to ask. When does he find out Spider's Peter? Exactly. It doesn't make sense that he knows who Spider-Man is when he gets to the bridge in this movie. He because gets he pulled onto the bridge right after Peter takes his mask off, Dr. Octavius, and then he grabs him. He it's grabs him, yeah. It's a little speech where he's like, you once told me that knowledge is power, whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> responsibility yeah i i i don't think it was that disrespectful to the original movies i don't think it does much like those movies still stand alone on their own 
if you want to sleep at night, you can tell yourself, oh, it's an alternate, another alternate universe that's so similar to the original. Like, it just doesn't matter that much. What they did was they took these characters and they did something extremely creative, like extremely creative to basically reboot this iteration of Spider-Man. It was fantastic, actually. It was like super well done. Not a, there, not a, there were some bits that weren't well done, but I thought it was extremely creative how they took this pre-existing stuff, didn't have to retell it again, and used it to reboot a character that we've already had for six years. But in a, he's, I'm, 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 I don't know if I've been this excited for Spider-Man movies, future ones after so this one. I have a question for you now. Say, say, say Tom Holland days is now ours. Peter Parker going forward. He meets Norman Osborn. He knows what's who that that is and what's going to happen. He meets Otto Octavius. He knows who that is and what's going to happen. Where? How can you have stakes in the story now with his most iconic villains when he already knows who these people are now? I mean, maybe those next three movies just won't have those villains. There's plenty of others. But then what's the point of introducing these characters, these amazing characters, if you're then not going to bring them back when they have so much weight and stake to what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? I think they're just I think what Banana said, they're just gonna use different villains. Who we'll see Craven, we'll see Black Cat, we'll see Yeah, there are there's plenty there of people are major Spider Man villains. They're, 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 they're gonna do yeah, there's, Venom. There's major oh, Spider Man villains who have not been used yet who Why in no any franchise who you can pull in and make interesting. Why? No Paul Giamatti. Why no Paul Giamatti? I, yeah, no, no, he was in the he was he in the was stars. In the you didn't see him in the stars. <laughs> he, was he was about to. He, yeah, they showed a big rhino suit in the stars. Yeah, he was about I, did, to come I did notice there was a rhino in the sky. <laughs> there's a rhino suit. There's Craven. There's some other people I can't remember everybody, but yeah. I before we get too far, I want to address a very specific gripe I had before we get away from Tobey Maguire and what they did or did not give him to work with. Um, if they. This movie had a very, very distinct lack of Tobey Maguire yelling. Thank you very much. Uh, This movie had a very distinct lack of Tobey Maguire yelling and getting hit because he has the most iconic Spider-Man yell and fight noises, and they didn't use it at all. Like, I, I know this is really specific, but he has such a like very specific yell when he gets hit and when he's flying around things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like none of us can do it. in per- it, It's just Tobey Maguire yelling. And that is so iconic <laughs> to the Raimi Spider-Man. I don't know. E- even if he's too old to make those noises now, just use them from the original movie. You use Thomas Hayden church. You can use this. <laughs> <laughs> that bothered me. I had to get that off my chest. That's fair. My favorite Toby moment was when he screams at Holland when Holland's like trying. How to- is this helping? How is this helping? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I laughed. I was like, "That's funny." Wow. Can I tell you the moment that I almost walked out of the theater? Yeah. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I think I do as well. Um, I can think of a couple things. And this, like, this is just a stand-in for what is or what was so infuriating about this movie um, in terms of like what it was and what it actually could have been. Um, and obviously like the term fan service is going to get thrown around a lot with regards to this, to this film without question. and fan service can at times be a very uh, useful tool for making a movie that exists within, you know, a geekdom, so to speak. Um, the, 
the moment when Green Goblin is forced, or I guess Norman is forced to deliver the line, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Oh, yeah. That, the, that was the worst. That was the worst of... It was so offensive. Yeah. And it just, it just highlights the fact that this movie doesn't actually care about making that, a movie about Tom Holland Spider-Man. It really this movie really just cares about delivering fans things that they remember and references from but, the previous iterations of Spider-Man so that they can point to their screen and nudge their buddy on the arm and say, "Did you catch that? That's the thing from the thing." Bananas. Uh, uh, can I just say that I actually think uh, his delivery of the line in this movie was better than no, <laughs> I like that there was an option to raise your hand to speak. It's uh, the only time it's been used. Uh, it, um, yeah, that line was definitely, I definitely shook my head at that and heard like a bunch of idiots go like, oh yeah. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> uh, i mean you can call me like a fan service shrill I, I i mean i'm not gonna say that line was good i don't i don't i wasn't i i think i had that chemical cringe in my stomach when i when he said it i was like oh god why each um but like the andrew the the garfield redemption moment which is obviously a massive callback i i loved that that worked I loved, better. that worked better i i like i i was a huge sucker for that uh may may saying the line loved it that's his uncle ben essentially i mean i think they're i i, I feel like we might get into some uncle ben stuff later on but that is essentially his, his uncle ben and and i i thought she did an amazing job delivering the line i i i teared up when she said that line i i it really hit me i was like oh shit i i thought i thought the line i was like all right they were gonna say that at some point or another it was i i thought it was more impactful to that scene where the three of them have the meeting of the Spider-Man where they realize that line has been said to each of them. Yeah. I think that actually almost worked a little bit better. It, it didn't come off quite as schlocky as I thought it would uh, in the meeting of the three of them as much as when she said it, I was like, all right, they were going to say that shit. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. I, but uh, I thought Toby's, finishing of the line for him was a nice like that was the closest they got to like oh spider-man has a life and this is them seeing like later on in the life and at the beginning of the life and how that line impacts both of them uh that was as close as i thought they got to doing something really interesting with the like age gap between all of them but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the most in in that regard, the most interesting use of Toby being the mature Spider-Man is the fact that old Holland is the one to stop himself from murdering his arch nemesis. That idea I thought was neat. Old Holland? Here, well, old Mag- they're the same character. Old Peter. Old Peter. Yeah, right. Is like Spider-Man is stopping his younger self from making a mistake he right. has made himself. That is interesting to me. Right. That, that kind of goes into what Three Cats is saying. Like the, the best scene in this movie is the three, the meeting of the Spider-Man on, on the roof and the conversation that they have with each other. And it's essentially just, like I said this when we walked out of the theater, this is just a worse version of Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but it does at times work for this particular iteration of of Spider-Man 
like I, I think if you had to boil this movie down to to like one thesis, um, which is which is hard because it's a clusterfuck, <laughs> is that only Spider Man can teach Spider Man how to be Spider Man, um, whether that be like his own internal. Um, you know, his own internal, like, uh, self speaking to himself or these external Spider-Men who are speaking to him in the form of multiversal Andrew Garfield's and Tobey Maguire's. Um, but I never really thought about that, that it really, it is Peter. It's an older version of Peter literally speaking to himself and stopping himself from doing the most awful thing and stopping himself from being the worst version of Peter Parker that Peter Parker can be. Um, and like all of that stuff is super interesting, which is why I'm so offended by the fact that this movie and everything around this movie was focused on the whole question of whether or not Toby and Andrew would be coming back. Because to me, the most important aspect of this movie is how do those three Spider-Men interact? Like what is our Tom Holland Spider-Man able to learn from these other Spider-Men? And like we should have spent a lot more time focusing on yeah. than yeah, focusing I agree. on um, whether or not your prediction of when Brian Cox would show up as Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brian Cox that's, that's, Daredevil. That's, that's extremely, that's extremely <laughs> valid. I, Who's Brian, I, Brian Cox. Player? No, Brian Cox. Isn't he the is dude from secession? secession? <laughs> the very famous. Charlie Cox. He's like Scottish. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know who's who. All these honkies look alike. To me. All these- <laughs> Charles. Um, um, I, I agree with that, though. I, I There was something about the presentation of the multiverse. Like, the villains, the presentation of the villains to me was was great. I, I love the way they were pulled into the story and how they were used. There was something about the way Toby and Andrew were presented to us that just felt, like, very shoehorned into me. Um, Tom didn't even question it the, when they walked up on the roof. He didn't even say he didn't even not even like oh here we go like there wasn't even a th- I, he was just like I, don't tell me you understand immediately like yelling at himself to you know it was it was very something about it was a little off to me well, and it felt let me like just they say were, though, weren't if fully there if he said oh here we go I would have thrown myself off a roof <laughs> I'm just saying he didn't acknowledge it at all. He just immediately accepted, like, oh, those two are me. Marissa Tomei just got yeeted by a, a glider. We all would have been broken men on that high school roof. And then you see two versions of yourself. Um, the versions who ended up with Rockstar's daughters and actors. Toby McGuire plays older me, is what I would say. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, I, I loved you in the social network. <laughs> you still plugged in? <laughs> Damn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the metaverse? I, I think I just I loved how t- like uh Peter centric the movie was in the first like two thirds. And then it felt like once Toby and Andrew came in, we, like like you said, like it should have been more about like how does this Peter Parker grow from the experience of like being with the two other Peters as opposed to just like, all right, let's kick some ass. You know what I mean? They, they did um, let a little. They let Zendaya be a character rather than a plot device. I think sort of for the first time, which was nice about this movie. Um, like she actually had stuff to do and like things to offer other than like snarky humor yeah. and like she she felt like a more complete Mary Jane or MJ, whatever the fuck she wants to go by. 
but uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, she was she was a character in this movie, which was nice. Yes, Michael. Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, You're allowed to speak on your podcast. <laughs> I uh, in regards to uh, Zendaya not being a plot device, um, I there was a moment. I probably, I think I rolled my eyes at this moment more than I did when Willem Dafoe repeated the scientist line at the end when everybody's memory is wiped of Tom Holland, um, and he goes into the coffee shop and asks for a cup of coffee from uh, Zendaya. Um, He's like, he's working up the courage to say to her, hey, we actually do know each other. And then she puts her head down. She has a Band-Aid on her head. And fucking Tom Holland is like, oh, she's hurt. I can't, she can't be in my life. She she got, she got a little cut on her forehead. And then he walks out of the coffee shop. Question, Wait, what? No. You, didn't, you didn't like his decision? No, no. I que- like that him seeing a Band-Aid was what made it. It wasn't right. just the Band-Aid. Literally, he looks at her Band-Aid and he's like, okay. It no. was, he saw how well they were doing. That's the Spider-Man conundrum of the people who I love. If I, if I allow myself to get too close to them, they will always be hurt. Yeah. Because I'm Spider-Man. It's Toby. My enemy it's Toby, Toby walking out of the graveyard. Dying. Instead, he saw a Band-Aid on his girlfriend's head. It was like, oh, she got scratched. Well, part of why well, he It's got also to- the injury yeah. she had oh. from that Get thing. Get it together. It's, it's him. Because he said after at the Statue of Liberty that was inexplicably holding a torch behind Captain America's shield... That was another gripe I wanted to get to. What? Oh, actually, it's actually she's holding Thor's hammer now. If you actually look you closer, gotta, why is no? I mean, I'm kidding. Why <laughs> she has? She still has. The but none of you questioned that. I I knew you were being a dick. Uh, she still has the torch. It's just behind the shield, which yeah. Also, ha- she could do that all day. When are people going but. to learn to leave that shield alone? <laughs> What good has happened since Steve Rogers stopped holding that shield, for God's sake? So ridiculous. It's incredible how much we hear about Captain America still. That That's a, that's an entirely different discussion, the, the Statue of Liberty um, holding, wielding the shield. It was it was also already referenced in the new Hawkeye episode. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I don't care about that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute now, because this, I, I, sorry, I got to get back into the timelines of this. Hawkeye yeah, everyone's trying to figure that out. happens over Christmas, Christmas. and it's snowing. Yep. And that, we might see Spider-Man in the, in the finale. That fight happens, and there's no snow, mm-hmm. and the shield gets knocked off the Statue of Liberty. So in the Hawkeye episode, shouldn't they have referenced the fact that Spider-Men's knocked the shield off of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> no, no one remembers or whatever. Just shut the fuck up. Oh, now. they all forgot. They all forgot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone forgot about Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Okay, okay. Whatever. good. Even though they, even though J. Jonah Jameson referenced the uh, <laughs> the, the the mishap at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> this is so terribly uninteresting. <laughs> um, no, I did want to bring up another big gripe that I had with this that might seem like a small gripe, but I feel like it's really important for just any Spider-Man movie. And that's just the the incorporation of New York City, because Spider-Man is undoubtedly a, a, a New Yorker. And like that's part of his appeal as a character. That's part of why people like him is the way that he interacts with the, the people of, of New York City, the like... The, the physical aspects of New York, like he wouldn't be able to exist anywhere but a city with tons of tall buildings that he can swing from. Like he would be useless in in Iowa. 
It just wouldn't work. I think well, there. Oh, sorry, you go. Never mind. No, no. What were you going to say? I was going to say in Spider-Man 2, I was laughing while I was watching it because at the end, when they're like over the ocean, the, Spider-Man's just swinging over the ocean. <laughs> Toby's just like shooting out webs, connecting to the air. Yeah, it's the same thing in Endgame in the final fight. Like, what's he swinging yeah. off of? It's, what's he swinging on? Captain swing- Marvel? Uncle, yeah, he's Uncle swinging ben. on Valkyrie or whatever. Uncle Shut Ben. Ass, dude. Uncle Ben swinging on Ant Man's fucking Uncle, he's catching Uncle Ben's hand. <laughs> you did not just say he's swinging on Ant Man's gavon. <laughs> but the thing about this Superman trilogy is it never, it never tries in any way to bring that New York City like that mm-hmm. toughness that we know Spider Man to have mm-hmm. into like his relationship to the people of New York City. It never even attempts to bring that into any of the stories so like what's the point of making a spider-man movie if you're going to ignore many of the aspects that make spider-man so special to us what i'm hearing you say is that in the mcu new yorkers are soy boys uh i don't think that's what i'm saying raising your hand captain is being a soy boy (laughs) yeah Hell yeah, we're keeping it up. Raise their hand. They just—I I mean, I agree with you. I think that's a gripe that a lot of people have with this iteration of Spider-Man, like, <clears> like that, Peter Parker heads. I think they—it's a big gripe that it's like—it's exactly what you're saying. He's not that integrated. He's not like a street level. He doesn't have that much of a connection to New York. Um, he was kind of dropped—a character that was dropped into like a very in-progress universe. He should have been there from the jump. He wasn't. It's it's like it's like you were saying earlier, Spiro, like he was becoming Iron Man Jr. He was be- you know what I mean? It was that mm-hmm. that has been washed away. And that's why I say I'm so excited for what they did in this movie. They they rebooted this character. He is now street level New York Spider Man. We are gonna see that more, I think. I'm I'm very excited for the next trilogy. Hell yeah, Home Alone. Spider Man Home Alone. That's a great no one knows who he is. Home Alone, that's a great name. Home Alone, uh, Austin, New York. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, Spider-Man Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I do think one of the things that very much sets apart the Raimi franchise from the Garfield franchise from this franchise that I, I you said there – like Raph said, New Yorkers are soy boys in the MCU. And uh never said that. Direct quote, but there was no song. There has not been any scene in which a guy in a Mets hat throws a wrench at a villain and says, You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That that hasn't happened yet. And I and that's why the franchise the is Raimi, 0 out of 10. The Raimi franchise had something that ridiculous every time. They had it in the train scene where they carried them. Everybody yeah. in that scene had a very, very amusing New York, like... I think one of the dudes is a soprano. He was in The Sopranos, really. Yeah. That's the dude who's like, you want to get this fight? You're going to get to me. Me, voice. <laughs> <laughs> and Tycock's like, I bing bong. <laughs> if, you stand away from would, would it have been better or worse? Would this movie have been better or worse if Doc Ock said bing bong? Ten, ten, ten times, times better. Ten times a thousand better. times better. Here's the thing, though. We're talking about these different movie verses, these different universes. So the two that get pulled into Doctor Strange's fucked up spell... <laughs> are the Maguire and the Garfield verse, okay? 
So there's an infinite amount of universes, right? Why are the two that get pulled in ones where the Avengers don't exist? Why are they the two universes where everything... Does that matter in any way? Uh, of course it does. Why? There's obviously so much that we can pick apart there that it's yeah. not worth diving into that question. Oh, I'm diving, man. I'm diving. I'm diving. <laughs> Wait, I, want, I wanted to go back to something that the bananas... Um, <laughs> Uh, about about this being a sort of like soft reboot of the MCU Spider-Man character, yes, and how it took us three movies yes. to finally get to a point where Spider-Man has an origin story, and we it's find an origin trilogy actually. My dick, dude. Okay, <laughs> I don't we know. have spent Love. eight and a half hours with this yes. character, and we are yes. just now getting yep. to the. Well, maybe more than eight and well, a half because he's in all the other he's spinoffs in too. War, he's in Civil War, he's in Infinity Wars, whatever. So we <sighs> ten hours plus with the character before we get to start to explore him as a character. I, I think we're exploring him in a new way. That's not how movies work. I, I, I disagree with the point. I, it's a soft reboot in the sense too. that it puts him in the spot in the comics where people know every it, it's a different way of getting him into that point but i yes. don't think it's like we're exploring this character for the first time it's just here's spider-man as we know spider-man being a poor dude living in mr dickovich's apartment building uh and like he's going to have some adventures that aren't going to involve the mega avengers verse but I, I don't think it's a complete retcon and reboot where it's yeah. like, all right, now we get to do Spider-Man. It's like, all right, okay. Like, it's a new Did way for him to get to this place, but it's still, you know, we're still he, exploring the same character and the same events. Yeah. he's He's been explored. Those arcs exist. Like, those arcs, obviously, they happen. We watch them. But, like... <clears throat> The way he was set, the way he was, the way he was kind of dropped, the timing of when he was dropped into this universe, we watched like a kid, a very, that was the most accurate part of Spider-Man was that he was like actually a kid in, this, in the MCU. Um, but we saw his like, the, his kid era, he had all these resources that were handed over to him. So now we're going to step into like his, you know, young adult, I guess era where like sean said he's just kind of like street level friendly neighborhood spider-man it was just a different take on where spider-man would get dropped into the marvel universe um which i enjoyed i enjoyed a lot of it for a lot of different reasons but i am more excited to see this now i don't think i don't think it invalidates the things that we like saw is the issue then that what they did with the story arcs in the first two spider-man movies and how he was used just generally didn't connect with people and like they just realized all of the the Raimi hype and the Raimi nostalgia um they just tried to capitalize on that and just sort of copy and paste that sort of Spider-Man story because they know that that works I think like, it's that I think it's sort of an understanding of the character you have right where it's not like it, it's not that they said oh God, we've got to turn around and turn this into the Raimi Spider-Man. It's that they had to make a choice. They were they were on a path where they were distinctly setting him up to be Toby, or uh, Tom Holland's going to be Spider-Iron Man. 
and that's <laughs> not who the character is and like if they decided to go that direction that's a very big departure from the source material and from the character and they were going to have to they they need to do a lot to make that convincing to an audience and so I think they had to make the call and this is sort of a fork in the road for them where they said like are we making Iron Man protege or are we going to make Spider-Man? And so they had to make the choice and find a way to force him into this angle of being Spider-Man. Hmm. Heroes have a choice. He goes to space and fights an arch demon monster from hell before he even hears the responsibility line. Yeah. Yeah. He goes to space and then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to stop low level street crime. (laughs) I, like, those those like, first three movies are and saying you know what I think my resume best suits me for you know line chef at Chipotle hell yeah dude don't knock <laughs> it you got free burritos I, yeah my the, banana all, you have- all, all those movies he's always in this in the MCU he's always been like under in the shadow of somebody whether it's like the Avengers whether it's Tony Tony's death he's always been like the junior hero. He was a kid. And I think that in some ways that works. Like he was handed these resources that helped him like, you know, go through some of these arcs, but now he is like fully on his own. Like he, he is a, in a way he, he, he played a role he needed to play in the MCU, but he's obviously still in the MCU, but he's like breaking free of like, I don't know the shackles of the MC. I don't know just like how to how you say it, but like he is no longer in the shadow of anybody. He's no longer in anybody's a- shadow. He's like totally earned his his actual like title as Spider Man. He's like his own hero now. I think that's what like I actually really took away from this movie, and it recontextualized the first two a little bit for me. I'm very excited to see him in these in the next set. I hear what you're saying. I'm sure. I'm sure saying. Rock feels the same way. You're 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 bringing me around a, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> John watches a dog shit trap, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Thank you. Here's the thing: I like I like where he ends up. Okay, I like where the character ends up at the end of this. In Mister Here's Dick the issue: this this feels like this feels like this should have been in terms of the arc. This should have been the first Holland movie. Um, yeah, that's it. And but it doesn't fit in the MCU. Sorry. You go. Feels like, like you've already said, I'm reiterating what you said. They used him because of the popularity of the character and because there were five movies about Spider-Man before he was even in the MCU as Tom Holland. They used him as an exciting plot device before they even created a character itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, that said, in, t- in, in the context of a story that finally does tackle what is exciting about the character... It has all this other noise of characters from movies that had done this already. It just feels like there's a lot of flavor in that stew, and I can't taste my Tom, you know? <laughs> but you, you might have lost me in the stew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was to, following you up until the end. Until I, I, was, I was with you until you started tasting Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> Which Spider-Man do you think tastes the best? In, in terms of what? Uh, like the, the web or... The web. Yeah. Obviously, it's Toby's web because that's all natural. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's salty. All those added added chemicals and stuff. Go, go web, web, go, go. <laughs> fly.
<laughs> Shazam! <laughs> uh, you brought up a good point, but you did. I think you lost all of us with the uh, with the stew. <laughs> there's too much. You got yourself in this a stew going. Yeah. Too much. There's too much. There were good points before the stew, and I'm totally lost now. I can't. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't honestly in- don't even remember what you said at all. <laughs> Dude was trying I to make a Spider-Man I can't soup. Enjoy the simplicity of a character study when there's so much other noise distracting me from that character study. Is yeah. ultimately my point. I think, I think that- that's fair. The issue is how they use the noise because again, going back to what I said before, to to bring Tom uh not Tom Holland, to bring Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield into this movie is is totally great. But then it's a matter of how you use them. And are you just using them for performative claps in the, in the theater? Or are you using them to explore the Tom Holland character and his growth as Spider-Man? Like, it, yeah. it, is it is Andrew Garfield just there to take off his mask so that people can say, oh my God, it's Andrew Garfield who I knew was going to be in the movie, but now he's actually in the movie. Or do you want to use Tom, or do you want to use Andrew Garfield as a a, a plot device um, and a tool to tell Tom Holland, "Hey, I also lost someone who I was super close to, and I never fully got over that, and I've been trying to spend the rest of my days as Spider-Man trying to redeem myself for that." And you can do the same thing. I know how you feel, and I I'm here to help you. Yeah, and I think this movie, I I won't disagree. I think they felt like they were in the movie for the claps for the most part. I think like that when I say like the presentation of them coming into the movie felt a little off. I think that is what I was feeling is that they were mostly just there to like get mm-hmm. the reaction. Um, I think the, some moments that we get, I think maybe it's just the one, the biggest one we get where Tom Holland, Spider-Man learns something about himself is when Toby obviously stops him. Um, that the is like, well, mm-hmm. what? I think the roof. I think the roof scene is. Oh, in the roof scene, yeah, in the roof scene to the, to the movie. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's the best scene of the movie. I I have a couple other gripes I want to get off my chest. Um, Please, Hannibal didn't have enough lines. Agreed. The funny teachers is has probably been. Oh my the- god, Hannibal's amazing. And like, look, if you're Perfect. going to have the school have this inappropriate of a response to him being Spider-Man, like, like, let's call a spade a spade. That was ridiculous. <laughs> like every single part of it. They're just going to let kids in. take pictures of this dude walking down the hallway. Like everything about that was ridiculous. But they should have leaned in. To let Hannibal be funny. Also, Hannibal. I haven't seen Hannibal in a while. He, he I, did he lose weight or something? He lo- he looked different. He looked good for him. He looked emaciated. I he looked good. I, I hope Hannibal, he's all right. I hope they move and and Martin Stark. Yeah, I hope yeah. he's wow. Uh, good job. Oh, nice, well, dude. I, I like somebody call like IMDb that their its job is on life alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mixed up Brian Cox and Charlie Cox before. So. <laughs> Messed up Nelly and 50 cents. <laughs> I know the difference between JB Smooth and Hannibal Burris, but Brian Cox and Charlie. I know the difference between JB Smooth and 50 Han- Cent. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal didn't have enough lines. I was uh I was annoyed by that. I was waiting for him to be like more of a thing uh in this movie. Um that was one of them. Um Let's see. I had a couple of very specific gripes. Do you feel the same way that I felt about Paul Giamatti? 
that there was a distinct lack of Paul Giamatti in this movie? Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. There's a distinct <laughs> lack of Paul Giamatti in every movie I see that doesn't have Paul Giamatti. <laughs> that that is one of my critiques. Every time I watch a movie, I'm like, I hey, not enough Paul Giamatti. You're just like it could use more. Uh, yeah, I mean he's just the best. He's was were you guys also as I, I was hoping there there would be some more Topher Grace as well. Well, he got. I guess they could have pulled him in before that uh, pumpkin bomb. I wanna, I, oh, which leads I'm me into my next. Venomoth. I I I wanted the line to be. I wanted Toby Maguire to, when he was like, "Do you have a best friend?" I wanted him to be like. I did. You did? Yeah. He died in my arms. We couldn't bring him back in this movie because of multiple problematic allegations about the actor who played him. Uh, <laughs> like, that's what so I was waiting for. In Alamo, well, here, okay, I'm going to say two things. One, I really thought that that scene with Tom Hardy in Mexico having a drink, when it revealed who he was talking to, I thought it was going to be Topher Grace bartending because he can't get a job anywhere else, no. even though he was dead. Uh, but aside from that, uh, Parker at, at Alamo <laughs> at Alamo Drafthouse, they were doing a recap of all the other previous Spider-Man movies, and any time it would be a reference to Harry Osborn, they just showed footage of Tommy Wiseau instead. <laughs> it was oh hysterical. That's that's funny. That would have been <laughs> an all-timer. It is a weird joke. Yeah. Um, they also they also played with interesting concepts about Norman's like horror at the fact that he's in this universe where his family doesn't exist and his son doesn't exist. And then they never really went back to it, which uh, there's a lot of uh, like points left on the field in this movie where like they could have done something, but that is also the uh, that's the Achilles heel of a movie like this, where they're bringing in multiple different like, I call it what it is. It's it's the main drive of this movie is going to be fan service when you're bringing in like multiple beloved properties and combining them all into yeah. one crazy multiverse. But there were certain things where like, I wish they went that direction instead of, you know, having the lizard man be a thing. <laughs> what fan service can also be like critical cinematic moments like the one that i go back to it with like relation to this movie is in comparison to this movie is is cap getting the the, the hammer which is like partly fan service so that we could all you know clap and cheer but it's also it makes sense within both the arc of like the mcu as a whole and the arc of endgame as a movie and like where he starts out and where he ends up it, and it, like that's the way to incorporate something that is fan fan service e or fan service adjacent in a way that like actually makes sense it, to the story that you're telling right it goes back to my question of how much influence sony has on this movie or had or will have going forward because one of the things that has always set Marvel apart is their understanding of when to do the fan service and when to like, they built that Avengers assemble and the hammer and everything. They built that over 20 movies. They, they really made sure that by the time they got to that, they were going to earn that moment. And this movie had, I'm something of a scientist myself. It had with great power comes great responsibility. It had like, 
they really tried to put a lot of Spider-Man shit into this movie, like big yeah. Spider-Man. There was shit, one more and too. It like I, it literally had it had the last Jedi moment of Kylo Ren smashing his mask, but with Willem Dafoe smashing the goblin. <laughs> we are smashing the Raimi trilogy. Raimi is no more. John Watts lives. <laughs> they had one where he's talking to Doc Ock and. And two, he says to Doc Ock, Doc Ock says to him, brilliant but lazy. I was waiting for brilliant but lazy. That was the one. Something with something. And then then Peter says, yeah, I'm trying to do better. And then there's a moment in this movie when he sees Toby and they have their exchange. He says, I'm trying to do better. He's like, yeah, you know, trying to do better. That was at least better. I was waiting for them to bring in brilliant but lazy. Uh, That was the one I was just going to roll out of my seat if they hit. Also, I did want to bring this up. Uh, because it is fresh in my mind, and I saw it this morning. But in the rooftop scene, which I think across the board we all agree was sort of the best scene yeah. of this movie, the best uh, like characters having a moment and are changed by it part of this movie, so, somebody just let out a very audible fart in the middle of that scene. And it was, I was just sitting there like, come on, man. Like, was, your, how, was your theater packed? Yeah, it was. It, I mean, this is a movie where there are explosions every 45 seconds. You couldn't have yeah, wait. just dropped it. You couldn't the, wait for one more middle, pumpkin bomb where you dropped the pumpkin bomb. Like, people emoting and like characters having a moment you had to just rip like a- it was awesome it was probably seen the movie like three times already and knew like when was a good time to fart and when was not a good time to fart you eat a lot of beans and and go the wrong time. uncle ben said it <laughs> it was it was so juvenile it really did it, that bothered me um i i another gripe i have um Let's talk about the multiverse. <laughs> what causes the multiverse in this movie? What? When is this in relation to Loki? What's going on with... We're talking... Well, you have to watch Doctor Strange 2, 3, and 4 to find out. That's my problem. Like, I don't understand. You're setting up the multiverse of madness... We have seen Kang gets killed. Now all the branches are happening. I was fully convinced that that would be the impetus of this movie. Is that there's, you know, the multiverse is happening. And they were trying to cast the spell and all of a sudden the doors open and everybody comes through. Well, this is just, uh, I think this is just mini multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> like this is only multiverse that for is Peter for um, how to bring in, you know, Andrew Garfield and and Jamie Foxx. Like this isn't like this is a multiverse. This is just a couple, two or three multiverses. Not all of it. This is a Sony Marvel multiverse, not Sony. Or sorry, not Marvel Fox multiverse, mm-hmm. and it's also not Marvel Fox Sony they, Pixar multiverse. They did. It's also not. It's not just Marvel multiverse because there will be. We're gonna have Marvel multiverse where it's just a bunch of different Marvel verses, like one where John Krasinski plays Captain America. No, oh, Glenn the- Howard now. Yeah, Glenn Howard. No, that's uh, Y'all motherfuckers can't follow a stew allegory, but you're talking about all this shit. <laughs> you got a bunch of flavors in the pot. <laughs> 
ridiculous. This has been cooking with Michael. <laughs> this is the issue with the multiverse shit. They can just do whatever they want and say, multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. <laughs> not that multiverse. Not it's only this one. Only the Sam Raimi one. We've got William Dafoe back as the Green Goblin. And J.K. Simmons reprising his role, even though he's already in the universe. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Versus crossed over. They yeah. can just do whatever they want. Hell yeah. Where was Mephisto? <laughs> Uh, when they finally, I guarantee, I mean, if I'm Marvel at this point, I Ralph Boner Mephisto like 19 more times. (laughs) Easily, easily. I I mean, that's the smart play here. Make a, this would have been a great Mephisto intro actually though. They went very one more day. I was surprised how hard they committed to the one more day. Um, down to the point where strange is basically responsible for. People not remembering Peter. The you're, only thing that was really missing was Mephisto. Was Mephisto. You're going to have to explain that. one more day to people who are not familiar because most... <laughs> most I, I felt that was a Les Mis reference, I'll be honest. Uh, one more day is a, char- a Spider-Man arc where it's, it's actually universal, universally kind of hated. It's kind of regarded as like extremely pretentious and like... It's one of those things where it's like you're just telling us what's good. Like you're trying to tell us this is very good. Mm. It's not very good. Um, but essentially, the story is, um, you know, Peter's identity is revealed during Civil War. He does that voluntarily after Civil War wraps up. His life is going to hell. Obviously, Matt May gets hospitalized. People are going after Mary Jane. Blah blah blah. He goes to Strange, I believe, and he uh, he asks to. I actually can't remember if it's Stranger Mephisto, but essentially Mephisto makes a deal with Peter. He says, I will allow everyone to forget who your your secret that you are Peter Parker, that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. In exchange, I want your marriage to Mary Jane. Um, so the whole concept of the one more day is that they have like one more day together. Um, but but they end up they end up going forward with it, and that was kind of how um it's like a soft reboot for Spider-Man in uh in Marvel at the time. And I was surprised how hardcore they went into they they committed to it here, to that story. So is he going to meet Gwen Stacy now? That's a possibility. Yeah, and he he also has like a long romantic history with Black Cat, Um, so we could see that. (laughs) Oh, oh. Um, So we'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of things they could do with it. Also, one one thing I will say that I loved about the movie was the costume at the end. I yeah. loved that costume. The, the I thought it was pants. the best costume we've seen in a while. The bright blue red. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. That was good. Say that again. Can I? <laughs> it's fair. It's what? <laughs> that's a that's a Josh Trank Fantastic Four reference for you. I, I do think I'm curious how much I'm skewed by watching this movie right after watching Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. <laughs> how, how much of that elevated my opinion of this movie? Oh, um, interesting. Maybe. Uh, I do have two questions for you guys. The Trank effect. What? I said the Trank effect. The Trank, dude, love, love a good Trank effect. Um, <clears throat> one, I think this is this is always like the obvious critique of any Marvel movie is that the third act dissolves into a CGI clusterfuck. This one felt more clusterfucky than normal. Mm-hmm. It was extremely hard to follow the action or the fight 
in any sort of like reasonable way. It just looked like a, a mess of a blob that was happening on screen. You can't tell which Spider-Man is which. There's sand and lightning everywhere, and all of a sudden someone is gets a, a, a stabby stab in the neck, and then there's a dinosaur then, crawling around. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's impossible to follow. Um, I just I know that that's always the easy critique, but I, I feel like it would be silly if we didn't bring it up. It, I think it was particularly egregious. This, this. Yeah, this was worse than most. Well, I, I did have the thought, because they were they were having the whole, like, Spider-Man's hanging out, talking about web coming out of Toby in various places. And I was like, oh, they're going to do this whole final fight with all the Spider-Man, but they're going to have their masks off, because it's way too hard to tell them apart. And then they just didn't. And I was like, oh, that's confusing. But... <laughs> It, that does lead to another gripe I had in which I wanted, if you're going to do a multiple Spider-Man fight, you should do some cool multiple Spider-Man shit. And they only did like one clip where they all did like a cool triple web swing together. Yeah, And then the rest of sick. it was... But like, give me more of that. They swing off of one of the Spider-Man. I don't know if you yeah, caught that. Right, the moon, dude. But it, it, it's weird how they got to that place because they start fighting, and Andrew and Toby are like, "I've always fought on my own. I don't know how to fight in a team." And, and then they're just golden after that. Like I was in the Avengers, and they're like, "I don't know what that is." Good laugh. And then they just know how to fight together. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, just they, be- they got the tingle. That's why. Oh. Yeah, I'll put the tingle and just go back to calling it a spidey sense. <laughs> Not tingle, dude. Yeah, it's tingle, dude. What, what should have the way that should have yep. probably worked was a fight in the beginning where they struggle all together. They struggle to communicate and work together, and then they, you know, they spend the movie together and yeah. learn about each other. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, yeah. they've earned a fight where it, all of them are doing cool Spider-Man stuff together. It felt like they came into the movie very late. Right. Yes. It did. Uh, it, well, um, they were, they were caught between that place of saying, look, this is Tom Holland's movie. And we, we want to give Tom mm. Holland an arc and we want to let Zendaya be a character. And we want to, you know, make this a movie about them and we want to bring in these other guys and try and do into the spider verse, but with the actual live action people and they got stuck between those two ideas and didn't commit to either one. So what you get is a middle where both feel like they haven't quite hit their, hit their mark. Go for it. For me, I think that end scene, I don't really think, like think about the big portions of like everyone fighting at once because I think what I pulled from that mostly was like the little timeouts that they had in between where it was like carrying the lizard, carrying electro, like Doc Ock's little moment of redemption, the the fight with Green Goblin, um, like the three Spider-Man meeting on the whatever. Like that end scene had less of like a big cgi battle to me than it had more of these like little timeout pause moments where very like character specific things happened um i don't really remember that much like giant fighting besides like them all charging at each other before like you know garfield saves mary jane like like these these moments zoomed in on like one or two characters at a time 
there was a huge clip of a of an Imhotep wall of sand with Jamie Foxx shooting. No, I just said that's the only part I remember in, as a CGI fight, like a big clusterfuck. Ten minutes of them all swinging around, and you don't know who's fighting who. It was the worst part of the movie. Everything I, around it that you're talking about is great, but this is just like the blob in the in the middle of all. It's like we gotta have our big fight scene. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again, like probably this week. So I will see if like maybe my brain is just like editing out the like 10 minutes of cgi i barely remember there being very much there was a lot of big cgi, CGI there was, fight there was a lot of CGI. <laughs> there was- i only remember like the i remember i obviously remember them charging at each other and the lizard getting kicked in the face <laughs> and all that shit but i i there's a, I, don't, I remember more like the shield the portions. shield gets knocked off the new statue of liberty and falls into the water while a giant sand monster a lizard <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. The, the 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 nature of how personal it was with Defoe, I felt overshadowed Electro, Sandman, Lizard, even yeah, Doc. That's fair. Just like nothing yeah. white. Well, Doc Ock being fixed immediately makes it less intense. It makes it less. Yeah. There's there's no stake around it anymore. Um, you can do a, a, you could make a uh, a much more interesting movie with just Electro, Doc Ock, and Goblin, and Goblin corralling sure. the two of them. Because at the end of the day, Lizard and Sandman end up being completely useless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, totally. I, I mean, the movies are like it's in, it's inherently overstuffed because there are so many gosh darn characters. Like Strange needs needs time, and he has to go away and come back. You have May, Hap, John Favreau is still finding a way to like poke his head into these things. Um, so if you take away those two, you can do more around the other three. And then you could also probably get a better choreographed fight at the end that is three Spider-Men versus three villains. And they're kind of each taking one out and they, you know, they switch and then they, you know, fight yeah. the other one or something like that instead of just dark Tally ho. Dark sand cloud thunderbolts <laughs> on the Statue of Liberty. Like it's just it was it was nonsense. Did I not call we'd go back to the mummy at some point though? That's pretty sick of me. That was, yeah, a, that, that was, that was a nice callback. Thank you. I, Gryffindor. I think a joke was there's a lot of there's a lot of moments that in this movie that were eye rollers, sure. I don't think anybody has yet brought up the fact that <laughs> Peter Parker gets the idea to erase everybody's memory by looking at a wizard light in a donut shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty absurd. Or the idea that he decides to get into MIT by walking through standstill traffic to convince the vice chancellor of admissions. Dude, that, how, how funny was it when strange like you didn't call? That was so bad. That was so bad. <laughs> Dude, my theater was roaring. roaring. What a joke. Oh my God. You didn't call. You didn't call the university also sean maybe you were gonna make me change the whole universe maybe you can but you didn't call 
maybe you can answer is there some significance to why Wong forgot to seal the blizzard out yes of- yes that's that's a he, thing he was fighting the abomination they're in a sparring match yeah 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 in shang chi sure yeah but yeah why is the sanctum sanctorum covered in snow just um shut the fuck up now they're super <laughs> and they have two people shoved yeah. It's because they they wanted to add more CGI to this movie. John Watts was like, you know what this needs? CGI snow. Yeah, right. Maybe it's just because like they, maybe they the just figured like we've seen the Sanctum Santorum a million times. Aside from pissing off the props department, <laughs> what was served by a, a snow globe scene? Rock's exhausted. Rock exhausted by having to deal with We've knocked him out. <laughs> He's never been this tired in his life. Not even on the set of The Irishman. Do you guys? Do you guys <laughs> want to? This movie? Do you guys want to hear what I what I wrote uh, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone have any closing words? Closing thoughts? Every, I feel like everybody <laughs> sum up this movie. Everybody sum up their feelings about this movie in two or three sentences and give it a one out of ten <laughs> rating, and then I will read what I thought you all thought of this movie. Switching okay. it up, we're going out of ten. That's fine. Just multiply. Oh, you guys normally do a fiver. I do a five, but I, yeah, we can do I'll ten. Just multiply it by two. Yeah, dude. Multiverse of math of mathness. <laughs> oh yeah, and also, how do we feel about Spider-Man figuring out that math is the other dimension's weak point? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, the only thing I'll say before we do that is there. Uh, you can fuck up Oh my god, that was actually hilarious. Doctor Strange, shut the fuck up now. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth, please. Shut the fucking things. Uh, there is iterations of Hobgoblin. His identity is Ned Leeds, so that is that is a potential uh, look for the future. And I, a lot of people are pointing out that, like, at the same time he like learns about the magic, he is wearing a a yellow and blue jacket, kind of how Hobgoblin <gasps> rock, rocks a <laughs> yellow and blue. <laughs> Uh, do magic? Hobgoblin has a little bit more of a supernatural. It does fuck me up that that actor is bald in real life. Yeah, I was looking for his wig. wig. It's a good wig. It was a good wig. Really good wig. Yeah, I think there were theories that Ned was going to turn into the Hobgoblin in In this this one, right? Yeah, need the Sinister Six. Ned Goblin. Um, but you know. Thank God, John John Watts um, knows how to. I wonder if they'll change directors. Um, for some of the, because I mean, three more. You're gonna give John Watts three more. That's a also, lot. He's doing Fantastic Four, which is awful. That movie's gonna suck. It, the franchise is already doomed. I, I know people think that John Watts is a good director. That maybe he'll just maybe he'll just go oh, Phil Seinfeld, and we'll just get like we're gonna go to the negative zone. The negative zone. The negative zone. That franchise is Doctor Doomed. <laughs> yes. Clap Thank it you. up. Okay. Uh, bananas let's start with your concise succinct feeling about the movie and your rating all right my my general gist i think i've said this a ton of times during this but basically i really enjoyed the movie i think there is a little bit of clusterfuck in it like you guys eloquently put i think it gets a little crowded at times i think i i 
really, really love the first two thirds. I think the last third is when it starts to get like a little bit clustered. I, th- uh, but, but generally I loved how they explored this Peter. I love how they kind of recontextualized the first two movies. And I loved that. Um, we are now at a place where we will see Spider-Man kind of as intended. Um, I think this movie did a lot for the character. I think one of the biggest valid gripes is that some of the movies kind of fail to really explore Peter. Um, I think this movie succeeded in that despite it's how stuffed it was. Um, so I'm really, really stoked. I have not been this excited for Spider-Man movies in a while. Um, and I, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think rating wise, um, Honestly, for me personally, and this is probably because I'm like a big biased Marvel head, uh, I will probably say like eight out of ten. If I'm being really critical of it, I'll probably say a seven out of ten. If I'm like letting some of the like overstuffedness and like some of the fan service stuff really like gripe, if I'm really going to gripe on it, which I'm not because I'll I'll shrill over that stuff any day, I'll say yeah. seven out of ten. But the eight, I'm going to say eight out of ten for me. I really really enjoyed this movie, dude. Rate rate with your heart. Right yeah. with your heart. Don't yes. try to incorporate your head. Three cats. Same question. Uh, <laughs> I here's the thing. I did enjoy the movie. I thought it, I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. Um, it did leave me with a lot of things where it was like, I wish you took the more interesting route here instead of taking the route of convenience and uh like Sean said I did like the fact that they they let the character of Peter Parker sort of be the driver of this movie as opposed to being in the shadow of everybody else and I think that lends to the story of Spider-Man going forward and what they can do with it so I'm excited about that uh <laughs> One aside from my two second review, what a weird thing for Tom Holland and Zendaya, who are I guess now dating in real life, to have this like big emotional like love arc on screen for two twenty five year olds. I mean that can't be going anywhere good relationship wise, right? Like no. that's just he setting- said he wants to start a family, so I hope he talked to her about that before he said it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> their, their kiss at the end was very intense, super intense. Right on. Yeah. I like them together. Yeah, I, you mm. know they're great together. Short King, Tom Holland. Uh, Rock, but, you better like them together, otherwise we get some questions for you. But uh, <laughs> that whole—that's a whole different. That's a whole different tangent. I but, thought she was dating Chalamet. It's the other way around. Chalamet's, Chalamet's hitting Tom Holland. <laughs> oh, I wish that's a couple I can get. Holloway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought as far as bringing 20 different, uh, ideas and studios together to make one movie, you know, it was fun. It was a good time and Defoe was awesome. And so I will, I, it's definitely in the plus 500 territory for me. I'd probably give it a 5.8 out of 10. Nice. Respectable. So we've got an eight and a five eight. Nice. Just hit the six, King. So go, who wants Raph, to go next? Raph, please. Um, 
Damn, dude. I don't know if there's an easy and short way to, to concisely wrap up this movie and how I feel about it. I think my feelings are, are pretty obvious um, based on a lot of the stuff that we've said in this episode and stuff that we've said prior. Um, I think one of the one of the things with any movie is that we kind of go into it with an understanding of what we think it's going to be and how we think we're going to to, to read it and how, how much we think we're going to enjoy it. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Homecoming was certainly no exception to that rule for me. I had a set idea of how I thought I was going to respond to it. Um, based on what the movie did and did not give to me, I think my expectations were maybe uh, the movie maybe slightly exceeded that, uh, although not by much. I think it was for the most part what I feared it would be in just an overstuffed sort of fan service focused film that doesn't actually like three, I almost said three bananas, like three cats said, it doesn't actually take the time to, to, to sit with the interesting stuff that's, that's there for us to, to sit with and fully explore Peter Parker um, and all of these Peter Parkers, frankly. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with just, allowing this movie to be about how the three Peter Parkers interact and what that means for Tom Holland's Peter Parker and how he comes out um, better on the other end of that. Um, So because it didn't fully do that and it did just force me to roll my eyes and feel shame on behalf of the filmmakers who were involved while watching, I'm going to give it a... 4.7 4.7 out of 10. Wow. Okay. So we got, we got an eight out of 10. We got a 5.8 out of 10. We got a 4.7 out of 10. Uh, bananas. I echo a lot of your positive sentiments, three cats and Raf. I echo a lot of your negative sentiments. <laughs> Ultimately, here's the thing. This movie exceeds when it is a character study about Peter Parker, which is why those scenes with the three of them essentially all being the same character, our interest, our interesting, are interesting because it's an experiential thing. And the two that we've had in the past, we're seeing them look back not only at Tom Holland, but at themselves. That, in spite of the multiversal nonsense, is interesting. Unfortunately, this film inherently being a multiversal movie is nonsense. Everything that's happening doesn't really make sense. All of the stakes aren't really stakes, aside from the Aunt May thing. His arch enemy being a guy from another universe who he's probably never going to see again is ultimately meaningless. His relationship with MJ is meaningless. She forgets him. His relationship with his best friend is meaningless. He forgets him. Everything that has happened in the Spider-Man trilogy is now meaningless, aside from the mini arc of Aunt May dying in this one. That could have happened in one movie without this multiversal shit happening. (laughs) That said, I like Tom Holland. I liked Defoe. I liked Garfield. Some of the other performances were good. This gets a flat five out of 10 for me. Wow. Is there a reason why you didn't say any of those things two hours ago? <laughs> you, you, you gave it a, I did not have uh, you giving it a higher score than Raph in my bingo card. I think we both out of five were probably two and a half out of fives. Indeed. I rounded down. I think it's a very soft to medium two and a half. Um, I, I'd lean towards medium. That's why I'm a little bit lower. Uh, do you guys want to hear? Do you guys want to hear what I wrote in the car 
outside of the movie theater before driving home and spilling the movie theater popcorn I was bringing home all over my car. Uh, yes. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a mess in there. It's like under the seat. <laughs> I just bought that car. I am such a slob. Congrats. <laughs> what kind of car is it? It's it's a Toyota. Rav4. Nice. Hell oh, yeah. nice. Hell yeah. yeah. Go off. It's covered in popcorn. It's a disaster. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just get Nate in there. I'm going to try to, but it's like really, it's like in the gears of the seat. It was, <laughs> it went in between the seats. I'm such a slob. Anyway, here's, here's what I wrote for each of you for this movie. <laughs> SJR. This movie was awesome. The humor, <laughs> the humor worked. Defoe was amazing. The three Spider-Men were done perfectly. Best writing in a Marvel movie since Infinity War. Cried when Aunt May died and when the Spider-Man said goodbye to each other. That, <laughs> that was like cool. that was like half right. That's got Aunt May right. Yeah, Aunt got May. Aunt May. Rock, abysmal. Somehow ruins the <laughs> canon of the Raimi Spider-Man movies for me. <laughs> Hated everything about it. In quotation marks, why should I give a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> nothing about That's just his catchphrase. Nothing about this was enjoyable or made any sense. Not bad. <laughs> pretty close, pretty darn close. Raph. Yeah, this sucked. I really didn't like it. Fuck Marvel movies. In, in, <laughs> in parentheses. After some back and forth between Rock and SJR, we'll discuss the things he liked, which were more than he initially let on. (laughs) (laughs) Raph would say he liked more than he (laughs) let on? He was like, no, fuck fuck Disney, fuck Marvel. (laughs) Then we'll have a point that he actually likes. The thing is, I, I say I'm very, you know, F Marvel, F Disney. I've seen every new Marvel movie that has come out this year. <laughs> this is a this is another discussion. But would you say there's like a piece of you that like as a like a someone who really appreciates movies and film, there's a that piece of you is like this movie is a fucking four out of four out of ten. But then there's a piece of you that's like just likes to have fun watching the Marvel movies. In a, in a in a sense, yes. I think a lot of it's just like, hey, like we do a movie podcast and Marvel is the dominant force in movies so like if you're not at some points talking about marvel or like know what's going on then you don't know what's going on in the like general world of movies so i should probably check them out and every once in a while i'll pull like the i'll try to pull like big brain energy where i'm like eternals is actually kind of a sick movie (laughs) even though most people don't like it Uh, but there, there are times where, where I, where I enjoy them. I, I think that it's easy to find. You can find, you know, points and bits and pieces uh, of anything to enjoy if you're looking for it. But Here's, I think that Marvel makes it hard at, at times as a movie fan. One thing I, one thing I also want to say before we wrap is, uh, it is not so. When Willem Dafoe says that line, I'm suddenly, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. That is in no way worse than fucking Keanu saying, I still know Kung Fu. That line is so much worse. Dude, the, have, the Matrix have, of H. Stop, stop, stop. I still have not stop. watched the trailer for the, the Matrix. So. He said, oh, I'm sorry, that's a spoiler. I'm going to spoil this. In the trailer, Keanu says, I still know Kung Fu. Yeah, that, 
so not much a, more. That is dis- that is more offensive than anything. Defoe, Defoe well, could have reread his his Spider Man <laughs> one script. We, it would have been less offensive than that one. A and, Matrix movie in eighteen years. Okay. We, Three to four Marvel movies a year, and they do it in every single movie. That's, we're talking about one movie here, one movie to one movie, and it's also done cheekily as a tag for not the tra- done cheekily. It's offensive and rude. It's not even remotely the same thing. I it think is. that's a great way to wrap because Matrix Resolutions or whatever it's called. Should we do a roundtable for that? We we could. Sure. Okay. This worked. Um. This is longer than any of our average episodes (laughs) so let's for like four hours yeah Yeah. this is this is we're coming up on a two-hour episode but that being said uh matrix what is it next wednesday the matrix resurrections matrix resurrections comes out next week so we'll probably be back then is that on hbo max it is yeah Yeah. thank god we should all watch it together on wednesday yeah i'm not gonna be back in the oh are we doing a group watch we could we can we can figure, figure it out figure that out offline. Okay, let's let's just uh, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna we'll cut this. We'll cut this. Plug. Let's do. We'll snip this. Who, yeah. who, but I'm down to watch next one. Who, who <laughs> bananas? Bananas. Who are you? Where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on twitch.tv slash no banana suits. You can come shit on my opinions about about the movie um, or or watch me play video games. You can also find me on twitter.com slash no banana suits everywhere. TikTok, whatever, whatever. Um, and yeah, um, thanks for having me back. We should, if we do this again, maybe we can do a co-stream in the future. That'd be fun. Oh, huh? It was a pleasure having you. Well, we'll figure that one out offline. Okay. Three cats. Who are you? Where can you be found? Hey, I I have literally nothing to plug. You can find me in probably any dive bar. You can get the same level of movie analysis if you just walk up to that guy in the corner who's not talking to anybody. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you, I'm I mean whiskey. <laughs> do you want to plug your tweeter? No. My, okay. my Twitter is useless. Raph, who I, are you? I like your Twitter. I like your Twitter as well. I like your Twitter. You can find my Twitter in the uh, likes and comments on Straight to DVD's podcast. There you go. Raph. You just have to guess which which three cats. It's, it's the one it talking about Armageddon. It's the one talking <laughs> about Armageddon. It's that one. Hell yeah, King. Boying over uh, rolling. I still know Kung Fu. <laughs> right, we'll get to that next week. Uh, <laughs> I'm Raph. Yeah. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. Yes. At Rafstit, all one word, R-A-F-S-T-I-T-T, all three of those talking about movies and sometimes other shit too. Love it. What about you? I am M- Michael. You can find me on Instagram at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore. Tell them about it. You can it. also find me on Instagram. What was that? Tell them about it. Tell them about the Baratskis, baby. <laughs> All, all, all you need. And also on Twitter and Letterbox at Michael underscore Roca. And you can find us on the podcast at Straight to DVD Pod. Where are F? On Twitter and on Instagram at Straight to DVD Pod, the number two. Yeah. Also on any podcasting platforms where you listen to your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Google, yeah. and any anywhere else where you want to find us. Um, this has been fun. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm, oh, one last plug. I'm at my in-laws' house, and I think they've been sitting at the dinner table for a while. So I should I should probably get out of here. Oh. What's the last plug? We got we got. I think around the last thirty seconds. <laughs> we're we're gonna round this out. One last plug. It's almost Christmas time. If you love anyone in your family <laughs> or your friends, get them straight to DVD merchandise. We got stickers and mugs and cups and shirts and hoodies. 
Nothing says I love you like a last second straight to DVD sticker. I thought you were going to tell everyone to get tested. <laughs> yeah. 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 That we too. got at home COVID tests. So. <laughs> they all say negative. <laughs> all right. All right. This has been fun. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen. Thank you. Us. Thanks for uh, we, we can do this again sometime soon. Thanks for having us on. Sounds Talk good. to you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Well, love you. Go Spider Man. All right, love you. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>